0: Yeah,
1: here here. we're fine. Hello everyone, welcome to another episode of Get in the Garage. I am Mike here as always.
0: With Lil Wayne.
1: <laughs> Lil Wayne? Yeah,
0: down here in the corner.
1: Oh yeah, you see this? <laughs> it's the only way I can record now and have it not sound like that. No, bro. I
0: meant Luca with his...
1: Oh. My jewel. Oh, jewel. <laughs>
0: the jewel thief himself.
1: The jewel, Julia Roberts. <laughs> um, <laughs> so here with Luke and Jeff, and today we have a very special guest. He is the man behind the Wasted Robot Productions. He is a host of Feel Feelings, as well as the Rank Bank, Danny Getz. Welcome to Get in the Garage, man. Hello. you're
0: my brother.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, man. Welcome. Welcome. At least you didn't
2: sing Danny's song. It's totally fine. (laughs) This
1: This is possibly the, I think this is the earliest Get in the Garage has ever recorded a podcast. It's 8.45 Eastern time.
2: Yeah, not the earliest I've done one, but... Definitely earlier than I thought I would want to be awake today. But I'm here. I'm doing it. I'm ready. I did all my research.
1: (laughs) We're nice and fresh. Yeah, today we're going to do an album draft, but it's going to be more along the lines of like a greatest hits album that we will be constructing from the Rolling Stones discography. So it's going to be similar to the Beatles thing, except it'll span the discography rather than just one, say, like double album. Uh, And... I'll just lead into it by saying, I mean, I, I really enjoyed doing a week of the Stones, you know? It was fun. There was a um, lot of songs that I was like, oh, yeah, the Rolling Stones wrote some great songs, and there were some other songs where I'm like, oh, yeah. <laughs> you know? But, I mean, you you know, you have a you have a career that spans – how many years, you know what I mean? How, how many albums did they release? I mean, you're going to get some lemons after a little I,
2: while. I really enjoyed how some of them had 50th anniversary ones and earlier <laughs> ones did not. <laughs> Now, yeah.
0: Danny, you said you you had an unorthodox method for this. You said you listened to the late, the most recent Rolling Stones. that worked way backwards.
2: Oh yeah, <laughs> I, I, I assumed you guys would be coming at it with much more knowledge than me, and I think <laughs> most Rolling Stones fans. That means like the like late sixties, early seventies. Yeah. So I was like, all right. So I'm gonna I'm gonna find the other stuff that they're not gonna have. <laughs> and you know, I, I found I found a couple. There, there's. Like, I actually found, uh, like, Bigger Bang to be way better oh, than yeah. I thought it would be. Because, uh, like, I, I... What was the one? The most recent one? Doesn't matter. It wasn't good. It was really fun. Oh, the Black and
3: Blues.
1: No, Lonesome. Lonesome.
2: Yeah, Blue and oh, Lonesome. Oh, yeah. Blue yeah. and
1: Lonesome. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it, That's was,
2: what it was... Like, they... They tried. I, I'll give them that. Like, they're... They went to make a blues record, but... Uh, I got nothing out of that. <laughs> like... Like I, I pulled it, I pulled one song off of it just because I felt like I had to and then kept going and then Bigger Bang happened and I was like okay maybe this won't be terrible and then <laughs> then I got to Voodoo Lounge and I was like I might have been wrong
0: <laughs> Danny's <laughs> first pick from the album Bridges Over Babylon
3: yeah. <laughs> Don Was really uh really had a legacy with the band Listen, I love Don Was yeah.
0: <laughs> When I was listening to the Stones it's like it brings back good memories because I got into the Stones uh, when I was like, you know, 14, exploring a little bit of that classic rock stuff. Everybody buys the be- the albums that everybody suggests you buy. Uh, I only own two Rolling Stones albums, though. Uh, Let It Bleed and Sticky Fingers. And for me, it's just like I like a lot of the singles. I don't think they've made an incredible album in my taste. Uh, and I don't think the Rolling Stones would even be a top 20 band in my preferences but oh. you know all respect because i made my list and my first 20 songs on my list are all songs i really like but yeah i just think overall i i respect the the grind i respect them doing their thing for 60 years or whatever it's been but for me it's like i don't, I don't listen to anything after tattoo you and even tattoo you i only listen to like half the yeah. oh bad. But- See, I
3: think the Stones are, like, one of the greatest, greatest, greatest bands. I feel like at that point, after Tattoo You, they had kind of wrote in all their good songs. And they could just tour on it, and that's cool for me. I love the Stones. Um, But, yeah, uh, Tattoo You is probably it. It's, like, that, and even that that is a stretch. Like, I I listened to that a couple weeks ago, and I was, like, trying to be, like, is this album better than I think it is? And I was, like, no, it's exactly what I think it is. (laughs) But, um, no, I mean... I really, really am going to enjoy doing this. Yeah, I think they're a
0: great band, but yeah, just for me personally, I don't even think... I would would name so many bands before I even thought of naming the Rolling Stones on my list. Although,
3: I have to disagree with you and say, I think they have one of the best album runs in history, starting with Beggar's Banquet going to uh exile on main street but that is personal opinion yeah, yeah they, I, I told a they, friend i was always...
2: doing this and he was like you're so lucky you're getting to hear those in like mm. a start to finish way for the first time because like I, I know exile that was the only one that i've ever spent any time with and like he was jealous that i got to like listen to those and they're they're good i get it but like yeah. to to me they are a hits band which is fine like they have a lot of them yeah
0: even their best albums i skip over like
2: four
3: songs Oh, I'm, I, as far as rock and roll records go, I think they're like the top. I don't think they—you can press it, and get any better than as rock and roll. And with goes. Luke's
0: first pick, he takes the song "Dead Flowers." <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> sticky fingers.
2: I, I had that on my list for a second, but it is no longer there.
0: <laughs>
3: <laughs>
2: Sister oh, Machine.
0: Right. Let's well, let's get into it. Who's got, who's got first pick here? First, I have first. All right, pick. so here's the order, and here's the procedure. We, uh, we made our order. It's going to be a snake draft. So Mike is making the first pick and then the eighth pick. Danny makes the second and seventh pick. Luke makes third and sixth pick, and I make the fourth and fifth pick. And then we'll wind back and forth. Uh, we're going to keep it as timed as we can. I got a timer here. So each person will have a minute to make their pick and talk about their pick and then we'll open up to the panel for another minute of discussion. We're going to keep things pretty strictly timed so this doesn't end up being like a two-hour thing. We're going to each make seven picks. So at the end of the show, we will list off our seven kind of like greatest hits EPs that we all compile. Uh, Keep in mind, we're making picks. Make the picks for yourself. Don't make it for the people. So don't think about what people will like, what are the quote-unquote greatest songs. Make your own personal selections, you know. I know. Remember the Beatles draft when Mike made like he put <laughs> a Glass Onion as like a second pick. <laughs> Even that kind of thinking.
1: <laughs> I'm the I'm the upset guy. Yeah. I'm the I'm the lemons guy. I don't know though. This I, I think for this one I have a, I have a something a little bit more in store. Yeah. But
0: so um, yeah, we're gonna go to Mike for the first pick. And do you want me to start the timing, Mike? You ready?
1: Uh, yeah. I have how many, how long? 30 seconds? You have Comment.
0: one one minute to make the pick and talk about it.
1: Okay. Ready, go. For my first pick, I will select the song Street Fighting Man off of Beggar's Banquet, released in 1968. It's the first album produced by Jim Price, who would go on to produce the next four albums uh, through to Goat's Head Soup. Um, I love this song. It's inspired by uh, Tariq Ali, who was an activist. Uh, who, uh, um, excuse me, protested against the Vietnam War at the same time there were riots going on in France. So this was very much influenced by that. Um, It was also released the same week as the 1968 Democratic (laughs) National Convention and ended up becoming banned on Chicago radio stations because uh, of its sort of political sort of punch back kind of nature it's also the last album to feature brian jones if i'm not mistaken who is playing sitar and tempura uh after that we'd go on to get mick taylor in the following album um but i just love this song i I love the message of this song because i think in some aspects i can kind of relate to it in the way that like there's so much going on in the world that's so much bigger than us but what's what's uh you know london's a sleepy town and what's a boy to do what to play in a rock and roll band and i kind of feel like being from this sort of sleepy little New England town, you see all this big picture stuff happening in the world. uh, And it's like, what's a guy to do, you know, in this like sleepy little New England town. Time's up. I'm letting
0: you talk, but you got to (laughs) stop.
1: Good good pick. Good pick. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, Fun fact about
3: that song. There are no electric instruments on it besides the bass guitar, the uh, acoustic, uh, the uh, guitar on there is all acoustic. That's been uh, run through a tape. Uh, player that's been distorted, so that's an interesting fact and a great pick.
0: Yeah, I like that. I like this song. Um, I love that opening with the really cranked out acoustic guitar sound. I think it was featured as like the first song on a Wes Anderson soundtrack, so I think maybe like the Royal Town Bombs or Rushmore or something. But uh, I like the vibe of the song. It wasn't very high on my list, but it was you know, top 15. And like Mike said, I liked the message, and when it came out during all the political unrest and all that good stuff.
2: Yeah, my intro to the song was when uh, Rage did it on Renegades, and then oh yeah, like I, I went back and heard it from there. But like, yeah, that like opened so many eyes for me. Like that whole album, like mm. I, I went from there to like Africa Bambada and I'm like, okay, this is this is fun.
0: I like this. Total, total <laughs> creep of a person, but the music was fun. <laughs> Alright, so we move on to Danny for pick number two. Your timer starts now.
2: Alright. So um hmm, I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna try to play some strategy here because I think some of the ones that I really liked will still be there.
0: <laughs>
2: I I'm gonna start it's actually another one with the uh the Wes Anderson connection, but uh um play with fire from Out of Our Heads. Ooh. All right. Yeah, that's a uh, featured. I think they play the full song even in Darjeeling Limited, and it is such a tone setter that like you really can't separate. In, in my mind, I can't separate the scene from the song anymore.
0: I gotta say, I don't even know this song. It's,
3: oh, I our can, heads. I album, can talk. Yeah. Yeah, go ahead. I could talk of this song. This is this is like a great um, high watermark for like Baroque pop and one of the first songs to like really like hit out of that. Um, Stones being a blues band at that period to come out with this acoustic song. Um, it's got like a great arrangement on it. The lyrics are really like um, kind of like cryptic and um, bleak. Um I love this song. The Baroque pop of it is like, for me, like one of the highest watermarks of that whole period of, of songwriting and um, shows that the Stones were way better than just the blues bands. That was a great yeah, pick, the, man. I love the that The thing song. I found is
2: like through a lot of their albums, the, the not hits, like the songs that you're not just going to hear like every day on classic rock radio, They they are sloppy and I kind of appreciate that, that they just let them be what they are but this song is just so crisp that it doesn't even feel like a Rolling Stones song. It feels like somebody else with Mick Jagger's voice. Like,
3: yeah, that's, this is a great song. And I just love how it doesn't sound like, like the stones either. Like it's like, you wouldn't picture it on the stones record. If you are kind of just thinking blandly about them, a
2: great yeah, those play. are the ones that I think most of my picks are probably going to be from that territory. Love. Mm. Yeah. Love it.
1: Fun fact, Phil Spector played. Bass yes, he did. That. Yeah. <laughs> really?
0: I, or no way. It wasn't That's a great.
1: Bass, it was a tuned down guitar. But
0: listen, yeah. have some respect. Convicted murderer Phil Spector. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Convicted yeah. wigware. When
1: the music meets the madness, <laughs> that fucking guy. All
0: right. So, we moving on to Luke for pick number 3. Ready, set, go. All
3: right. Um I'm going to go with a um deep cut here cuz I'm picking for myself. I'm going to go with uh the closing track off Sticky Fingers, Moonlight Mile. Um I think it's one of the best ballads, um, you know, that the Stones ever did, that any band really ever did. And I think it's one of my – it's definitely top five favorite album closers of all time. Um, Jagger sings kind of, like, less about, like, um, you know – he sings more about himself, um, about weary of the Road. And I think the lyrics are really nice. The string arrangement at the end is, like, heartbreaking – um, I think the Stones played this song so, so, so well, um, and it's just one of my favorite album closers. It's pretty chill, but it has that great buildup with the strings, and especially at the end when it's going cutting in with like the down, down out, and you get the guitar sliding in at the end. Um, also, within was in the Sopranos episode that's really, really great, and they used it to great effect, but um, this song is one of my
0: favorite, favorite songs. So and that's time. my pick. Good pick. I knew you would go with a deep cut. I knew it.
3: Yeah, that one's just, like, my favorite because, I mean, I love Sticky Fingers, and as far as, like, album closers go, I think it just really cements that album off great. And underrated at that, so.
0: Yeah, I, I like the song. Uh, Sticky Fingers is probably the Stones album I've listened to the most, and I like the most. Uh, and, yeah, it's one of my, you know, four favorite songs on that album. It's it's a good song. It is a good closer. It's, like you said, the mood of it is, uh, it's a nice ending statement of, for that album.
3: Yeah, no, I, I really dig it. So, that was my pick.
1: Yeah, I think uh, I like it, too, because it kind of uh, brings out Mick Taylor as, like, a songwriter, arranger, too. Like, um, I mean, Mick Taylor coming from, uh, uh, Jesus, John Mayall and the Blues Breakers, too, who, in that setting, really kind of showed his chops, especially after following the likes of, like, Peter Green and Eric Clapton, you know? Um but, yeah, I love McTaylor. He's, he's another one that I think, I think he gets forgotten in the conversation when it comes to, like, the guitar greats. But he's one who definitely, especially at the time, could hold his own, too. So, yeah, good pick, man. What do you got? All right,
0: here I go. I did not think this song was going to be on the board. I thought this would be a unanimous number one pick. I'm glad you guys all in D-Cups so I can take this bad boy. My favorite Rolling Stones song, the epic, the apocalyptic – Gimme Shelter.
2: Oh, <laughs> I didn't even put oh. that on my list.
0: <laughs> no. It's, I mean,
2: it's not, not mine either. It's been
0: used in every Martin Scorsese movie that's ever been made. It's been overplayed <laughs> to death. But I love this song. It is so, uh, it's, it's frenetic and chaotic. And it reminds me of the uh, When the Levee Breaks kind of vibe by Led Zeppelin. It's Keith on all guitars this was before mc taylor was officially in the band so there's layers of guitars everywhere it sounds like there's two guitar players but it's all just Keith overlapping and uh mary clayton i would say she's the background vocalist but let's be real she's the lead vocalist on this song um she is amazing when her voice is breaking it, when she has the break in the middle uh yeah so gimme shelter is my pick
1: Yeah, great. I I love when she's singing on that track, like you said, like and you hear her voice breaking. But I love, um, I love Mick Jagger's like reactions to her singing too. He's like, yeah, you hear him like hollering because he like likes it so much. You know, like, yeah, that's a. I mean, that you know, that's one of those songs. Like, you can't, you kind of can't. Apparently, they called her at like
0: three in the morning to come to the studio, and her hair was like in curlers, and she was in a bathrobe, and she was like just screaming at the top of her lungs.
3: Imagine just having to go home
2: after yeah.
0: that.
3: <laughs> I like how this song is super doomy, and the lyrics are not optimistic at all. Really, it's like uh, you know what I mean. It's super. It's a super gloomy song compared to like, I mean, I'm gonna counterpart like the Beatles at this point. Mm-hmm. But like, they were the Stones are su- serving up like their doom and gloom at like I I like that aspect of the song because it's it's like kind of uh. You know, it's the dirtier side of rock and roll, which is what I really like about it. And the Stones were always really, really good at showing like the mud on their boots. So I think the song really hits home with that. Also, that doomy ass guitar right. in the beginning, like the—that's how I've I always thought it. about
0: the Stones. I—I I literally think of them as like the dark timeline Beatles, because it's yeah. all just like yeah. grimy <laughs> and, and twist, twisted, twisted, yeah. and-, and didn't, and didn't end when it <laughs> should have. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. my, my next pick, I have pick number five. Timer's going now. Um, this is a song. It's a jam. It's off of Sticky Fingers. The song "Can't You Hear Me Knocking," which is ah. in the band now, and there's great guitar interplay. Uh, the guitar, guitar tone on this song is great. And like two and a half minutes in, the song kind of stops, but the jam keeps going. There's maracas and congas. And Mick Taylor just kept playing, so they kept the tape rolling. And they do like this extended jam outro for like four more minutes. And it's like the Rolling Stones become Santana for four minutes. And I just <laughs> I love the song. Um, it's a great riff, it's an incredible riff. Like one of maybe my favorite of all the actual just pure riffs in the Rolling Stones discography. Did <laughs> it you know, like just just a killer jam and the the rolling stones they are they're a blues band and this is just bluesed out you know so that's my pick
1: yeah
3: this was my ringback tone for quite a long time um so when everybody someone called me they'd hear the line cocaine eyes which is pretty great uh but uh no, this song is amazing, and you said like the riff. Uh, also, like let's uh, highlight uh, Keith Richards' open tuning that he would use, um, and that's like the the how we get that effect of the uh, you know stop starts really easily. Um, great song, one of my favorite drug songs ever too. Yeah, I would have to say. I'll
1: say I was Jeff and I were talking the other day, and it's like you know that scene in Old School where Will Ferrell's character like they're like don't drink because it'll bring out the <laughs> tank. For some reason, man, when I hear especially this riff, mm-hmm. it brings out my frank- <laughs> Frankness in that way. Because, like, it's no secret to the podcast, I had a lot of fun in my early twenties. And it's, like, <laughs> I don't know, man. I hear that, I'm like, oh, I just want to do things I shouldn't be doing. So.
2: Yeah, I, I do want to point out that you picked back-to-back songs that were featured in Guitar Hero.
0: <laughs> oh, I, I never played Guitar Hero, so I, I don't, I'm not familiar. Yeah, that. Jeff how do you Ooh, know how I like to play guitar that. so well then. <laughs> <laughs> I, I bought that
1: guitar here to teach you how to play guitar. They only taught yeah. George how to play guitar. <laughs> me me and
0: George. All right. We move on to Luca for the second pick.
3: All right. My second pick here is I'm gonna pick one that I think is uh, a big heavy hitter. I'm gonna go paint it ah. black. Um yeah. Um I love this song because it feels super evil. Um, it's kind of like, uh, yeah, it's especially for the time. Um, the sitar in the song is completely like groundbreaking. Not that the Beatles didn't do it, but the way they used it, they were just like kind of just like throw it on there, and it makes it sound like a evil raga. Where like the Beatles were more going for like. What the actual music that the sitar made sound, you know what I mean? They were doing like ragas where like the stones were like let's really just put it in a pop song and make it sound like doomy and that kind of thing um so I really like that um I like the nihilism of it um. Where it's like, I really liked how, like, that's my favorite part about it is like, I want to see the sun blotted out from the sky. I don't, you know, that whole vibe of it. Um, and it just fits the stones the best. So if I had to like say one song that characterized the stones, it'd probably be painted black because that's how I feel about them. So great song, super evil, and I love it.
0: Super rock I think and roll. It's too. Brian Jones is, other than starting the Rolling Stones, I think it's his biggest musical contribution to the band. Um, and I love, Bill Wyman's playing on this song because he's doing this oompa like mm. octave thing. it driving, mm-hmm. and then in the second half of the song, he's sliding into the the two and four, so it kind it sounds like the tabla sound when when you kind of rub the tabla and it pitch bends. So if you listen to that, it sounds like there's a tabla with it, but it's just the bass guitar. Yeah, good good pick, uh, dude. I love that bass at the end where it's like, right. that's so yeah, this, great. This was great.
2: my first like. Oh, the Rolling Stones might actually be cool. Moment when I was like a teenager, I heard this song and I was like, "Oh, they're not just Beast of Burden." Cool. Like there might actually be something to all this credit they get.
1: Yeah, and to, just to speak of it in the sense of like influence, it's like as a guitar player, there's a couple songs that you probably learn as like your first like little riffs and stuff. And I mean, you have uh, you know, "Smoke on the Water" is like one of the first riffs you learn kind of a little bit of the intro to stairway this is another one that's just like you can kind of do it because you, you 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 know you play like the main notes on the b string of the guitar and you ring out the high e you know so it's kind of like a rudimentary thing that you can sort of learn early on at the beginning of your guitar playing too so just for that alone i think as well is like it's one of the first songs most guitar players learn because it's easy to play but it's also just so effective and it just sounds so cool you know so it's like even as a new guitar player it's so satisfying because mm. you're like oh i played this thing and it like sounds like the thing you know like
0: yeah and a, like a lot of these songs like they the rolling stones permeated pop culture for the last 70 60 whatever years it's the uh the end credit song from one of my favorite movies full metal jacket so oh wow oh yeah, yeah and yep, that, yep, that song yep, starts, yeah, yeah. and you're like, it's start to finish, that movie, like, keeps on the edge of the seat, and if it goes to black or the tiles, and you're like, yes! And the song's, like, so angry.
2: <laughs> so, is it, is it just my perception, because I'm kind of, like, a, admittedly they're a blind spot, but is this, like, a hit in the last 20 years, more than when it came out?
3: Um, I'd say it was really big when it came out, but also, like, has stayed, like, in the Stones catalog as a big hit. Um, it like had it's like really big when it came out kind of went down when they did like exile and all that good stuff. And I think has really come back up with like use in movies and yeah, films I and
0: modern it's TV. Their most licensed songs for other things. This and Gimme Shelter are probably in the most movies that I've seen. Yeah. There's also the, the credit song of the devil's advocate too. Oh really? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Not Sympathy uh, for the devil, which yeah, is no, exactly <laughs> what that movie is about. <laughs> <laughs> Um, all right. So going on to Danny. Great pick, Luke. Danny, you got one minute on the clock. Whenever you're ready. All right. Um thinking about it as building
2: my, my own seven. I, I went with a bit of a slow one before. So I'm going to kind of ramp it up with a little bit of a of a goofy fun choice. But I'm going to do get off my cloud. Oh, yes. I, I love the, the call and response to the hey, hey, you, you that that whole thing. And then getting to sue Avril later, it's all great.
3: I love the drum beat it, on that, too. It,
2: makes you, like, it is like a dance song. Like It, it just kind of gets you moving, whether you uh- want to or not.
3: Yeah, like Charlie Watts is like hitting that, like, dum, ca, dum, ca, dum, ca, and it's just like, before the song kicks in, it gives you all the, the, the yeah, dance breaks like in like it. Almost I love all
2: it. of the fun of the song happens before the chorus, and then the chorus itself is also a ton of fun.
3: Mm. Right, I like the the cockiness of the lyrics on this one too, because they're like, "Hey yeah. man, you're not even on this level. Like, get out of here." It's I, like, I, I the love Stones, a man. cocky rock band. <laughs>
0: mm. I think this is my favorite Rolling Stones song from the first like two three years of the band.
3: Mm. It definitely, I, it's a high watermark. I as like listening to high uh, big hits, high tides, green gla- uh, grass. The other night, this like song pops off on there. Like the just the sound of it is. Way killer yeah, single.
0: Good choice. Love it. Yep. All right, Mike, on to you for your second pick.
1: <laughs> All right. Uh, for my second pick, I'm going to go from the my favorite album, and I think, uh, Jeff, you said your favorite album, Sticky Fingers. I think it's a bit of a sleeper track. The song – Oh, man. Choice. Yeah. I love this song so much. I mean, when Luke and I first started jamming together and and playing in a band together, this was one of, like, the cover songs that we were like, oh, we should do this track, because this is kind of a cool, not heard a lot, Stone song. I think it's a sleeper Mm -hmm. on the album. Great beat, up-tempo. I like how the horns match the... Like it's great, uh, features a great guitar solo. That's, that's Keith Richards for the longest time. I thought that was Mick Taylor playing that lead guitar part in the, at, like towards the end of the song, but it's actually Keith Richards. Um, and, uh, and yeah, I just, I don't know. I, I love that song. I love like the, uh, in the lyrics too, he's like, when you call my name, I salivate like a Pablon dog. Like, it's just so like, it's, it's kind of a gross song <laughs> too, but like, I don't know. It's just fun, man. I I love it. And I think, um, it's, it, it shows uh, um, Keith Richards' sort of ability to take a song and, like, ma- really make it something. Because I guess, like, Keith uh, – I'm sorry. Mick Jagger and Mick Taylor were, like, working on it, and it was kind of like a lemon initially. And then Keith Richards just kind of, like, moseys on it, and he's like, no, let's just play it faster. And everything just happened, and the stars aligned, and the song became what it came. So uh, it's Yeah, just great lead vocal by
0: Mick Jagger. One of my favorite vocals by him. Yeah. Love that yeah. that horn line.
1: And Killer I like when the, the
0: drum switches around. Like he hits on the one every now and then on the snare. Um, yeah, great. It was high on my list. I was hoping it would be there. It was a, it's a good sleeper pick. Yeah. All right. right. Uh, now we go Mike again. Back to backs. So what are you picking now? What you got, man? Oh, yeah, me again. Meet you again. Keep it to the one minute okay. timer, too. I don't want to cut you off mid-phrase, though.
1: Okay. Ready, Um, set, go (laughs) Alright, I'm gonna go With the song It was released from um, Between the Buttons uh, 1967 I'm gonna go with the song Connection Okay, yeah, I had one off of that one too That that I was
2: really hoping I could get later I'm gonna have to just pick it now Because Luke said what he said
0: (laughs) This is the glass onion pick
1: Yeah, here's my glass (laughs) onion pick No, I just like the song just because, like, again, it's fun. And I think, like, a quality that, like, a good rock band should have is they should always have, like, a fun, like, traveling song. Mm. You know what I mean? Like, a good, like, I'm going somewhere or something like that. Connection's just fun because, like, a lot of the lyrics kind of reflect that sort of road kind of lifestyle. Like, you know, connection on and off airplanes and stuff like that. And it's just, like, I don't know. I just, I really enjoyed it.
3: Um, that song's really great, it's got a good um doubled up bass drum part in the chorus where uh Charlie Watts is hitting on every beat uh really cool Keith Richard's vocal on that song also is a high point for his background vocals. It's really high in the mix on the mono mix at least that I know of um and I really love his background in the chorus, like his barely singing high pitched windy voices sounds really good with jaggers in that song, but um Charlie Watts in the chorus on the drums. <laughs> killer killer on that mono mix yeah weird pick but uh, i'll accept have it i've <laughs> oh, <thank> never <laughs> heard
0: never heard this song before
3: it's good man it. if you get like the u.s the u.s copy of uh between the buttons is where it's at for like if you're going to listen to a version of it and um it fits really really well i love that album it yeah this is one that i'm definitely like gonna go ago.
2: back through as i was just kind of skimming yeah. this, this album really stood out to me i was like i feel like i should know this one better mm. yeah
3: like the stones psychedelic baroque pop period is much more fruitful than a lot of critics yeah, i think would i, give I it dig credit that vibe
2: like it. way 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 too much probably but it's fine i love it
0: <laughs> all right danny your pick but, number
2: three yeah just out of uh trying to get the ones i want here I, i'm gonna go off of between the buttons also and i'm gonna just do something happened to me yesterday
3: Oh, like, I didn't think it you were going to go with like that one. Okay. such a strong right on.
2: like, kinks vibe. And I mean, if we were doing this for the kinks, I would have a field day. But, like, this this one is, like, such, like, that same kind of vibe of, like, kind of, uh, uh, whatever. It's too early to remember. Lola, whatever. songs off of that album. Yeah. <laughs> but, yep. uh, yeah. Yeah. Lola, Lola, Lama. Power like, Man. Yeah. But, yeah, it, it, it really reminds me of that album. And that's one of my favorite albums of all time. And, like, anything that could achieve that i really i want to recognize it for being able to do that Mm. but yeah the the song it's longer than i would want it to be but it kind of hits a groove and and stays to it really really well
3: i love this song like you said that's a great connection with the kinks that i didn't really like pick up on but um like the super englishness of way of like talking about something um, and then the way they presented, like, something happened to me, which is just, like, a fancy way yeah, of saying, like, I took it's LSD. It's so, like, cute <laughs> like about um... it,
2: or, like, I-, I can't say what it was. Yeah. <laughs>
3: like, oh, okay, well. Yeah.
2: Good job pretending, I guess.
3: <laughs> yeah, like, it, right, like, instead of, like, the Stones being, like, overtly nasty like they usually are, they were, like, kind of cutesy and super English about it. Like, like, you said, like, the Kinks would have kind of been, like, more of a, you know, um... But I want to say put like an upper crust on it just to kind of show that the crust yeah. is kind of not great anyway. Yeah, I like that one. That was a cool pick, man. Yeah, and
1: uh, side note too. I uh, Anything where Keith Richards is singing, yeah. I really enjoy it too. Like, I I really enjoy Keith Richards singing. and I mean, it's not for everybody, but like in contrast to Mick Jagger. I yeah, he has that, that
2: blues voice that like everybody shoots right. for, but he just kind of has it.
3: Yeah.
0: All right, Luca, your third pick.
3: All right, I'm gonna, I'm gonna keep going. We're gonna keep mining uh, between the buttons here, and I'm gonna go with the um, single that was on the U.S. version of the album, "Let's Spend the Night Together," a UK single only. Um, I love this song um, because I think it's just super rock and roll-y. I love the background vocals. The um, those are really, really great. It's a great pop tune. Um, I also love how the Stones could be super dirty in the other way and get songs on the radio that were super filthy, had a bunch of lyrics that should not have ever made it on the radio. Um, this song has, uh, my mouth is dry, I'm high, uh, I'm gonna try. And, and I really, really like that line, it kind of sneaks past all the censors of the day, um, talking about having dry mouth and smoking weed. And I just like uh, the dirtiness of the lyrics, um, how, like, they were going to spend the night with somebody. And that ended up being more controversial than the drug references in the actual song, just talking about spending the night with somebody. Um, But I love the pianoness of it, and I think this is just a great single from the period. Um, And, yeah, great, great song altogether. Also, that weird uh, middle part where all the vocals... Come in like in the ooh, love that part, too, because it almost sounds like it doesn't make any sense. But um, it fits pretty well.
0: Yeah,
1: I like the fact that it's also a song that um, Muddy Waters covered on Electric Mud. Um, I think it's really cool because I think the Stones maybe above all of I mean, OK, Eric Clapton did it, too. But like the Stones really made sure to give credit where credit was due in terms of their influence of like Delta Blues and Chicago Blues and stuff. And uh the fact that they kind of got the approval of Muddy Waters, who is the guy when it comes to you know the I mean when it's the blues, it's Muddy Waters is in the conversation as one of like the, the founding fathers of like the modern blue sound, so um so yeah, just a, a fun fact, and something that I, I appreciate about the Rolling Stones was the fact that they always gave the credit where the credit was due in terms of their influences, and the fact that they actually got the approval of. Muddy waters I think uh is kind of a testament to like you know them being successful so so yeah
0: cool all right goes goes to me right on uh let me start my timer. I don't know how you guys did it, but I ended up with my top four on my list wow, I'm Sticking to my list oh, let's number see it. three pick uh great guitar tone, excellent slap back echo on the vocals. It is pretty dry in the mix, the whole track, but it's bare bones. It's only what you need. It might be like their best single of all time. Uh, it is not Country Honk. It is Honky Tonk Women. Uh, the the, the uh. Cowbell, it's one of the Cowbell songs for the ages. It's producer Jimmy Miller playing Cowbell on the track, and uh, it's just it's there. it's the Stones at their bluesiest. I didn't think this was going to be left, but Maybe I'm picking obvious choices though too, because like I'm a Rolling Stones hits guy, so like my high on my list are like all the ones that have probably been like overplayed to death. But so my my pick is uh "Honky Tonk Women." So,
2: I, I think there is something to what you were saying there, like. like picking the hits, where like going through and having like all of this happen to me at once, basically, like. <laughs> the songs that I really knew, I just didn't listen to. So, like, the other ones yeah. like, jump out to me a lot more right now. So, I, I feel like at the end of this, I will regret not having picked more of those. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I have some weird ones I hope are going to be um, I, I'm taking the hits for now.
3: I like the... I think this is, like, the, uh, a really great, like, um, country, you know what I mean? For, like, the Stones to do a country song, this is probably, like, the most famous one they did, like, and it's bluesy as well, but, um... I like the, the honky tonkness of it. It's great. I'm
2: a Country Honk <laughs> fan, but.
0: t shirt You, would, you would be. I, I, I will
2: say that be. I love that song. That's a great song. <laughs> I'm not going to let Luke go under the bus for this one. That's <laughs> <a
0: good song. laughs>
2: yeah, I, I'm not going to pick it. I it's like not Country even close Honk, to my top man. Seven, but it's a great <laughs> oh, So let man. me go back All to right.
0: back. All right. Uh, my my next. Double get, pick. It is made my favorite uh, set of lyrics by the Rolling Stones, singing songs about riding a general's tank and holding a general's rank and being in the streets of Russia and who killed the Kennedys. That's sympathy for the devil. Yeah, it's it's repetitive as hell. It's like six minutes long. It's kind of just one thing the whole time. Once the woohoo's come in, like a minute and a half in you could kind of like go crazy listening to it, but I just love it. It's a jam. They just rock out and it builds and builds and builds. There's like Maraca and tambourine again, Jimmy Miller playing that stuff. And it's just, uh, it could be like a campfire jam cause there's it's so bare bones and it's like, it's maybe the closest they ever got to a Bob Dylan song. Cause it's, it's like four or five verses. And, uh, so yeah, that's my pick symphony for the devil
3: that's a great pick have any of you seen that um that that footage of the studio of them recording that song and building it up from the acoustic demo to the you know hip shaker it is yeah. and if not it yeah, i definitely recommend looking that up on youtube because that whole studio footage mm-hmm. exists and it's really great to watch the progression uh keith richards plays bass on this interesting fact um i also like the um guitar break in the middle where keith richards is like he slides back in on like a when it sounds like an airplane taking off on the ground, I love that part yeah, of the song. Yeah, that
0: guitar solo, Tom. Um, so I also
3: like the cutting. Yeah, like the solo is not great, and it's no, not even in time most it's of crazy. it. Yeah, that, but that, yeah, that's why I love it. But when he slides yeah. back in on that, it sounds like a motorcycle going yeah, through ears. The fact ah, that the song is
2: so undeniable, and it does have those elements that just don't match, is mm-hmm. like that much better to me. Like I listened to, like, the older stuff, like, the like yeah. like the mm. like early first couple albums, and there's so much stuff that just, like, doesn't match time-wise, that they're just <laughs> yeah. not playing together, and I loved it more, and then this song mm. found a way to do that and be, like, an undeniable hit. Yep. Yeah.
3: Mm. And the lyrical content, just, like, sympathy for the devil, like, uh, you know, like, not seeing everything so black and white, and kind of looking at trying to look at different situations in history differently. And I, I, just think the lyric is super interesting too. It's, it's just very, like you said, Bob dylan And, uh, I just like the uh, boldness of like the have some sympathy for the most evil person on yeah. the, you yeah. know what I mean? So very, very cool idea. Right, over
0: to Luke for your fourth pick.
3: All right, guys. Since nobody has picked it, I'm going to pick this song here. Uh, I'm going to go Satisfaction. <laughs> <I had> to. <laughs> um, probably the most recognizable Stone song. Yeah, I had to. Um, so this song, Keith Richards uh, supposedly woke up out of a dream on a tape recorder and uh, played the riff and fell back asleep and hears snoring on the tape. So this is kind of like a song from, like, The Ether, um, the guitar is supposed to be a horn line, the released version is the demo version that was recorded at Chess Studio, I believe, uh, in Chicago in 1965, um, so yeah, the guitar line, for me, why I really think the song is great, other than it's the most popular hit, is the guitar line, uh is really, for me, like, the first time I hear a guitar and think, like, riff rock, down, 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 now 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 down, 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 down. For me, it sets the tone of riff rock that would be like Zeppelin in the 70s, all those heavier bands, Humble Pie. Um, the lyrics are some of the best written lyrics of any rock song, period, especially of that era. Um, talking about not being satisfied in very creative ways um, for a young person. Um, there's that really nasty line about, uh, there's some nasty lines about like women and stuff in there that aren't great, but like it's just, <laughs> Uh, the dirtiness of being a young person. You got time
0: I don't want to be rude or kind of Got time check. the notice. <laughs> but, uh, yeah. So, yeah, all those reasons. Satisfaction. Because it is their biggest, most influential, you know, all credit. It's the groundbreaking hit, but it's been played to death, and it's really just two parts. Like, the song kind of just stays in the same thing the whole time. But the, the tone of it, you know, it revolutionized, like you said, riff rock, and I love the the counterpuntal thing between the guitar horn line and the bass, it kind of like weaves in and out. It makes these interesting harmonies that are kind of strange for early sixties rock and roll.
2: Yeah. There are such fantastic covers of this song too. Mm -hmm. Like the the Otis Redding one stands out above all the other ones, but also I think my favorite might be the Devo one because that is just a fantastic mess. (laughs)
3: Yes. (laughs) Yes. They make it so clinical in like,
0: yo, I love it. Yeah, this was about this yeah, point I love on it. my list too. It was like my probably twelfth on my list because I love it, but I don't know. Yeah,
3: I was just trying to think of like a sto- like a song I like. Uh, I posted a thing on a jukebox, like <laughs> yeah. I was posting on a jukebox, like no ACDC on this. And I was I was trying to think of songs that I don't get tired of hearing over and over. And this is one of them, just because I love the, I I can really get down with the um, aggression of like the. I'd be it's not that in, so. I really like it.
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh man, come on, don't hit me like that. Don't hit me like that.
3: Man, I'm I'm more on the on that like that dude ain't a man because he don't smoke the same cigarettes as me, line. Like that shit is like
0: mm. yeah. yeah, good pick, man. It's their number one, but it's our number uh
2: thirteen. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, undeniably that <laughs> song, but yeah, right where it belongs. <laughs> yep.
0: Yeah. All right, Danny, yeah. on to you, my man.
2: All right. I, I'm debating how much I want to be influenced by the big ones being taken because there'll be two more picks before get I get to take. You know, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give it a chance and hope, hope the one I'm referring to stays alive. I, I don't think it will. But instead of that, I'm going to go. There's a time on my side, the organ mix that I found as I was going through here. It, that one, for sure i i know that song like inside and out the other version and then i heard this one and it it just it's ugly like the the other one is is trying to be like so pretty and this one is like a warts and all version of that song that i liked before
3: and like i love this version of it i know both versions of what you're talking about that song i i dig this song um the what the like the, the they got like the polished up one, and it's not, it kind of like looks like it's kind of like cracky and not great, but then you put like the that mix, like the one you're talking about, and it makes it yeah, like, more the, of a The like, other an one feels
2: like they were trying to kind of cover thing. up for and this, I, I, but I, I like this so much more. And like again, mm-hmm. like I've said it a couple times already, but like the stuff where they just kind of let it be ugly, I liked way mm-hmm. more than like the really, really polished stuff. And this one, I, I think because I knew the other version of it so well. But, like, this one does it so, so good to me of just, like, letting it be what it is.
0: So just for clarification, is this the one that's on Hot Rocks or the one on the the second album?
2: Uh, I have it listed here on, on 12 by 5.
0: Okay, so, so the, the second, second album, I guess. U.S. cut yeah. of the album. Yeah, okay. Gotcha. Yep. I don't know if I've heard this version. Yeah, no, I did the... uh yeah, I like the, the kind pre-chorus of empty or like, the other one just kind of like, like fills re- it
2: in a lot. This one leaves the space. And it I, I just liked it so much more. That's hmm. yeah, like it Let's has it all like the, like the background people calling out, but they seem to be more on the same level, like and like it it feels weirder and all of it, and like the song should be weird. So like I, I like that they left it.
0: I'll have to check out that mm. mix. I don't know that mix. Uh, That's yeah, a U.S. It. single.
3: Yeah. Great early... Su- yeah. Great early uh, Jagger Richards, too. Yep. Yeah.
1: Like. Right on, All right, Mike. Ready the next for your pick? timer? Uh, <sighs> oh, uh, All right. The, <laughs> the Midnight Rambler. <laughs> Says the guy who literally just got time checked.
0: Hey, I haven't time checked you out of respect
1: hey, yet. I, but you're... But you're
0: pretty-
2: I've heard that beep a couple of times while you were talking. So. <laughs>
1: right, let's go, Usain Bolt. All right. I'll try to make it br- <laughs> oh, brief this time. Yeah, I'm gonna i I'm gonna stick around in the uh, in kind of the classic period, uh, from Goat's Head Soup. I'm gonna go with do doo 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 doo. <laughs> Heartbreaker. Um uh, I love this song. It's the same thing. Like, like, I don't know. It's just, it's, it's super fun. I love the Billy Preston clavinet intro. Damn. Like, like it's, it's so much fun. Um, and, uh, you know, again, even like the, like the meaning behind the song, it was influenced, kind of influenced by like two, two separate sort of stories. One was uh, like the New York city police, uh, accidentally shooting uh, Clifford uh, uh, Glover because they thought that he was like somebody else, I guess, or something. And then there was another story uh, about the influence of like a ten-year-old girl who dies of a drug overdose in an alley. Um, and on that but, note, yeah, I mean,
0: <laughs> it's it's funny. It's so funny.
1: <laughs> right. Uh, open it up to the no, The listeners can't can't. can't
0: can't
2: notice because they can't see it, but just the subtle like look at the time every time. <laughs> yeah,
1: that minute quick me. <laughs> anyway, I just I like this song.
3: Okay? Um head Soup, I didn't expect you to pick from this. But then, knowing it's Michael, I definitely would have expected this pick. It's a Dark Horse one. Um, definitely nowhere, anywhere, even probably in my top 50. But uh, I Mike, just enjoy Mike Michael's. doing this podcast pick, with, so. a,
0: with a chiffon kerchief over his face.
2: <laughs>
1: <laughs>
0: Keeps putting on
1: more eyeliner. I'm getting dark. I like the I like the I like the dirty stones, um, but yeah, no, I I mean it's uh, yeah, just a good it tune, a good man. Tune. I like it. Go Head soup was like mm-hmm. one album that I didn't really like initially, but I grew to kind of mm-hmm. love. So
0: yeah, same thing. I think right it's one of on my man. favorite of their albums. I think their their sound during the early seventies is my favorite sound of theirs because it's still sloppy and messy, but it has a little bit more sheen, a little bit more cohesion. Yeah. All right, now Now's your uh, back-to-back so, yeah. pick. You ready?
1: Oh, I'm back Every time, every yeah. time yes. <laughs> oh, every time. Yeah, but you yeah, went but back-to-back. You're one, yeah,
0: but I'm on an end. You're on an end. <laughs> <Yeah>. All right. <laughs> Big sports fan yeah, I, 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 I would I'm be thrilled giants. for that position. Ba, 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 and he ba, ba. doesn't even know how to do it.
2: <laughs> I know. I'm
0: so, happy, I'm so happy I ended up in
2: fourth. Uh, fourth uh, is the best one here.
1: Yeah, you want to know my, the extent of my, my sports <laughs> knowledge? Pedro Martinez isn't <laughs> pitching for the Sox anymore. When did that
0: happened. Uh, all right. Well, welcome to the draft.
1: <laughs> um, Jackie actually, Robinson died.
0: We take a break now because we're four picks and we're doing seven picks each. We wanted to take a break in the middle. So why don't we? Why don't we cut it here? Okay, go to yeah. commercial break from Gatorade.
1: We'll go to commercial break. We'll be we'll back. Be right back
0: after these we'll practices. be back in a jumping <laughs> Jack Flash. <laughs> Have you ever felt emotions? Then do we have the podcast for you. Feel Feelings is a weekly podcast where comedians Danny Getz and George Bruderman sit down with some of the funniest, emotionally distraught people, i.e. comedians they know, and talk feelings. Every Friday, hear very funny people reminisce on Ren and Stimpy, worry about the Wizard of Oz, and emote over their emo phase. Check out Feel Feelings with Danny and George, a show about feelings and the things that make you feel them.
1: Welcome back, everyone, to Get in the Garage. We are here picking, putting apart, or putting together, rather, our own best of Rolling Stones, spanning the entirety of the Rolling Stones discography. We're getting our rocks off. My first of my back-to-back picks, my second of my back-to-back picks, I'm going to go with a song uh, that, I mean, might be on one of your guys' lists, but I'm going to go with the song Happy from Exile on Main Street. Uh, another song that features Keith Richards uh, as the lead vocalist. Um, like I said in the last half, uh, I, I love anything with Keith Richards singing vocals. Um Especially the slide guitar part in this song too. The bow, bow, do, do, bow, bow, do, do, bow. it's another example of like them using horns to copy the guitar line as well. Um, yeah, it's just it's a it's a it's a great song. And if I'm not mistaken, it was written while they were in France because they were on like tax. Uh, they were basically I think, evading taxes in the UK, so they're like, okay, let's just move to France. So, you know, like a like a lot of those artists I think did, uh, you know, in the in the early seventies were all like, Yeah, I'm not paying the Queen taxes, so I'm just gonna go live in France. Um but yeah, great song. Best best Keith song, probably, right? Yeah, I think I, I mean I would agree with that. I think it's his best
3: song.
2: Yeah. But I, I like I like Infamy.
3: Infamy? No, yeah, I I like this one. I like uh you you got the silver is up there as well for me, but this one kinda Infamy stood out to me as being
2: so tongue in cheek, but also I kind of loved how clever it thought it was. And it just sounds sounds cool. (laughs) (laughs) Um,
1: So, yeah, yeah. yeah. Happy will be my fifth pick. Fifth pick? I
2: think. Yeah. All right. So. We were we were talking in the break and I started getting really nervous because my my number 1 pick is still here. It's still on the board. The one that I wanted above all other Rolling Stone songs. It's one of my favorite songs of all time. And I I know it's not the most appreciated song and it kind of gets like eye-rolly for some people, but Ruby Tuesday.
0: Oh, oh yeah. okay. Okay.
2: I ah. I love that song. Like it is such a vibe song to me that, like, I don't care if he says only nonsense. Yeah. It just works. Like, all of it just
3: works together to, like, create a feeling. Mm. I like, you're picking a lot of, like, the more Baroque ones that I like wouldn't think like uh most people would go for and i love that because like i think this is one of like the brightest spots of the stones that gets overlooked i love their psychedelic period
2: yeah i, th- I think that's the influence of mostly knowing them from wes anderson movies <laughs> right
0: <laughs> my, my favorite part of this song is it's like one of the early uh one of the early lines on the first verse but he tries to sing a low note and it just like croaks out like a frog. Yeah. It makes me laugh every time I hear it. <laughs> I, like, I, I think it's duh. so good.
2: It's, it's, really I like, liked- it's such a clean, like polished song. But again, like the the warts are there and they just yeah. let them be there
3: uh The chorus, I love the chorus because it sounds almost like a bunch of kids singing at mm. the same time. Because it's like everyone's coming kind of in and out on that higher pitch, like the Gah! on the tops. It's really cool.
2: Yeah, and like I have a general idea what the song's about, but if they told me it was about something entirely different, I wouldn't mm. be surprised. Like it, it could mean nothing at all, and I I love that. Like I get to fill in the blanks for this just like good song. Like it's just such an easy listen, and, and like. I, I remember its use in uh, children of men is one of like the most heartbreaking scenes I've yes. ever seen in a movie. And then I can't like separate those images and like that feeling just because it like you can drop it basically on any movie scene and it would create a whole new tone for a movie.
0: That's what I think of every time I hear the song. I think of children of men.
2: Yeah. They, it's so well used in that movie. Mm-hmm.
0: I like the drum fill before the chorus. How dry the snare drums are. Yeah.
2: Yeah, it, it feels like they, they slowed down like a typical Stones rock hit. Mm. And it, it, I don't know, I don't, it just worked so well. This is one of the reasons where like, I, I love this song so much and like, I'm like, oh, it's on Between the Buttons. I guess I, like, how did I mm. never listen to Between the Buttons? And now I have two songs from there. And I'm like, okay, this, this whole album I definitely need to spend more time with.
3: Yeah, it's, a, it's surely like, I think it's <laughs> the biggest sleeper in the Stones catalog is uh, Between the Buttons for the US
0: version.
1: But that's just you know. <laughs> Yeah. How are we looking right on time, on. Jeffrey?
0: Um, well, we've, Danny did less than a minute, and then we interjected, so we're good on time.
3: Cool. Okay.
0: We're good. Um, Is it... Uh, now we move on to Luca.
3: Right on. All right. I'm going to pick a uh, uh, Dark Horse here. I'm going to go 2,000 Light Years From Home off of Satanic Majesty's Request. Boom. <laughs> um, <laughs> I like this song because I think... All right, so Satanic Majesty's Request is pretty much um, one of the, like, druggiest albums ever made. Um, there's probably only, like, three or four real songs on it. Um, <laughs> I probably have those re-
2: three pulled for mine.
3: <laughs> yeah, I mean, for real, though, there's like only, like, three, four structured songs that are good, and this is probably the most structured song on that record. Um, I like how this song sounds like a most like a ton of brand new psych bands today this is what they sound like um the bass on this song is so fat uh jaggers vocals are placed perfectly in the mix um and they're super spacey and echoey and they phase out of your ear um the chorus hits so hard and cool um yeah i just think it's a really really groovy song and it's like for me, it's like the highlight of the this uh, Satanic Majesty, Super Psyche, Super Great. Do any of you really know this song, or is this like a... Eh? This, this, this whole album really
2: stood out to, to me. and like, I, I had this one pulled for my list, and I don't know that I would have, because with only two songs left, I don't know that I would have <laughs> eventually picked it, but you said it, and I was like, damn... <laughs>
3: I just like how it's like a weird... I, for me, it's like the uh, if you've never listened to the uh, Satanic Majesties and you're like, oh, it's a bunch of garbage, I think there's some good stuff on there, and this is definitely one of the things I think uh, would be like uh, shocking to people. They'd be like, oh, I thought this was kind of just a, a load of crap, and then this is kind of a good spot on it. Like, they could play this on their tour now, and I think people would dig it.
2: Yeah, th- this whole album feels like, I mean, with the idea of pulling tracks from it, that it was very difficult, but... It just listening to it start to finish is, like, really enjoyable.
3: Yeah, thank you. I love this song. And for, like, a psych album of the period, I like, I think a lot of people praise weaker psych albums um, as being really classic, and just because this is a Stones album, people kind of shit on it, but I think for the period, it's a great psych album, and it's really fun to listen to in a full setting. Yeah.
0: So. Right on. Right
1: on. Jeffrey?
0: All right. My next pick is the opening track of sticky fingers. My favorite Rolling Stones album, controversial subject matter, uh, controversial lyrics. But like I said, they're a dark band. They sing what they want to sing about. And it's an ode to black women. It's called Brown sugar. And it could be an ode to heroin as well. Uh, very uh, controversial lyrics that have been tried to be replaced or explained as the years go on. But music has always been to me. It's just a snapshot of history. So yeah, if some band made this song in 2021, is it going to fly? Probably not. But the song came out in 1971 or so. And I just think it's a good snapshot at the times and people's views back then. And I don't run around singing the song. Like it's my beliefs. I just think it's a great, uh, great view of this band at their high point, which was like 1971. And so, you know, kind of a a touchy subject, this song, but it is still one of their best songs. So it is my pick, Brown
1: Sugar. Yeah, I was going to put this one on my list too, but I was scared too.
2: (laughs) (laughs) I I wish I could remember because I I didn't write it down because I I mean, for, for the reason I'm about to say, but there's a song on one of their three most recent that is it just it just is brown sugar with different lyrics. <laughs> so I'm like they must have really liked that song.
3: <laughs> um as far as like lyrically goes to like Jeff was saying like sometimes like a band I feel like can write a song and they don't have to um Stand for everything that's in the lyrics, and as much as they can comment on what was going on and a thing that was going on. So it's like you know what I mean, because like I feel like what Jeff says, because you read the lyrics and you're like, Ugh. but at the same time, like a comment on something is like uh, can be like a news article and have different kind of feelings to that. So I can kind of take it for that and look at that. But um, otherwise, sax solo on the song, Bobby
0: Keys, man, feel- Bobby Keys, so good, so good. So good. <laughs>
3: Um, and Keith Richards' harmony vocals on this is yeah. one of my favorites as well.
0: Yeah. Let, it's really
3: tough. Yeah. Tight. Like
0: you said, man, I, like as one of the biggest Steely Dan fans of the world, like they sing songs about straight up like, pedophilia and stuff like that. But it's characters and his viewpoints, and it's not necessarily the views of the artist. They're just expressing the truth that exists there in the world. So,
1: yeah.
3: yeah. Uh, killer song, though. So, yeah. I mean, one of the best riffs of all time, right? Yeah. Best opening riffs ever.
1: Yeah. It's yeah. The first riff on an album. I mean, it's. Yeah. yeah,
3: Great, great album opener too. Yeah. Yeah. Amazing.
0: All right. And my back to back pick. This is the song I thought Danny would take as the, as the kinks enthusiast. Um, The kinks had Ape man, the Rolling Stones have monkey man. Okay. Yeah. Monkey (laughs) man. uh, Just a great, I think it's Mickey Hopkins on piano. It's a a great piano intro. Uh, Bill Wyman plays marimba in the background. So you hear that like kind of woody xylophone sound. Uh It's nonsense lyrics about being a cold Italian pizza and a flea <laughs> yeah. bit flea monkey. And and it's just, it's very uh, out there, goofy blues lyrics. But this song was featured in Goodfellas. So I have the movie tied to this where, like, it's heavy in the cocaine scenes. And when I listen to the song, I'm like, yeah, this is definitely a song made by a band who are a bunch of, like, smack heads. Yeah. And, um, but, yeah, I love this song. It's uh yeah, the intro is just incredible. The intro would be like my ringback sound. That's what I would. Yeah, the the intro of the song and then the song are like two
3: like I mean it vibes into each other, but they're like very two different feelings. Cause like like the it sounds like the beginning of, like a James Bond movie, right? That's what I love about it. Uh, what a great guitar riff too. The tone on that guitar down 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 down. Oh my god, cuts through you, man. What a killer. Great, 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 great. All right. Cold Italian people. Yeah, mm-hmm.
0: Mo- moving on to Luke. We got two picks each left.
3: I All right. One, but you I just, I'm getting very nervous. Here's my pick. <laughs> I'm going to go with a big hit here. I'm going to go Jumpin' Jack Flash.
2: Oh, thank um, God. I got one that's so, I get. I get to keep
3: one I wanted. <laughs> ah, <laughs> Jumpin' Jack Flash for me is a great riff. Um. For me, too, it's the end of the psychedelic period, um, hard, single own like, this is just, Jumpin' Jack Flash comes out as a single, really reinvents the band, re- gives them a new mission statement. Um, the lyrics are great, uh, Born Across by a Hurricane, the World War II, uh, you know, imagery of being born in, you know, bombs and, you know, all that great stuff, um, you know, School with a Strap Right Across My Back. The lyrics are so, like, hard-hitting, and the riff is so good the riff on this is so 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 good um and then at the end too the um where it kind of gets like into that like um raggy like repetitiveness i love that um also the song was written the lyrics were written because jagger and richards fell asleep in keith richards garden and the gardener walked by and uh mick jagger woke up and went what's that and he went uh keith richards went oh that's just jumping jack jumping jack and then they just wrote the lyrics off of that so i like the nonsenseness of it and the in the momentness of it too so
0: yeah this, this jack song flash. reminds me of street funny man i i actually constantly get them confused because they have pretty much the same intro which is that heavily processed acoustic guitar heavy strumming um i was mm-hmm. listening to street Funny man i was like wait i thought this was jumping jack flash i kept getting them all confused
3: I like Jumpin' Jack Flash way more than Street Fighting Man. If I had to choose, but also I, of, all it, the songs, so all, of all the Rolling Stones, on
2: my list. all the Rolling Stones songs, this is the only one that has a movie where this is a plot point and the name of a movie. So,
0: oh yes, yes, yes. This is their most played song live in their career.
3: Oh wow! Yeah, what was it? Over a thousand times they played this. Yep. Yeah, I read that.
0: Oh yeah.
3: So right on
0: cool all right danny number six for you
2: all right i'm i'm kind of surprised this one made it and i i i i don't i i did kind of mention it disparagingly earlier but i'm I'm beast of burden yeah man like that the the vocals on that song were like the hard stops in the in the like every line like so cool like like to to be such like a smooth singer and then have a song where you're just like basically like hiccuping. It sounds like, but like it. I love it. I'm I'm amazed that it's here for my sixth pick.
3: Um, I listening to some girls. I listened to it last night. This song is such a great moment, and I think one of the best like Jagger efforts ever. I like how um like kind of sensitive the lyrics yeah. are. Um, but at the same time, he's like being like it's tough about it. Yeah. Yeah, it's one of my favorite, like, love songs ever. And what a great phrase, uh, Beast of Burden. Like, you know what I mean? I just, I love everything about this song. And what a great riff, too. The riff, like, it's so sm- smooth, into you. It's never abrasive, yeah. right? And, like, um, I mean, for, I,
2: for most of this album, I, I didn't love it. Like, there's only one other song I pulled as, like, a potential, if it kind of got down to it and a lot of the stuff I wanted was gone, kind of pick. But, like, start to finish... It's not great, but then this song just like jumps out as like, oh no, we still, we can do this. We know what we're doing still.
0: Yeah, I think this is my favorite down, like it still grooves, but it's my favorite down tempo stone song because it's just a gentle mid tempo groove and it it comes across as a ballad. I I love this Mm. song.
3: Yeah. Some of my favorite falsetto Mm. ever recorded too. Come on, baby. <laughs> like, <laughs> I love
0: it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, th- 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 those two
3: became
2: my two Falsettos favorite re- ever recorded. Mm. So,
0: <laughs> and Danny now has the official uh most recent selection. That's true. Yeah, seventy-eight. So, unfortunately, you know, we're probably not going to be hitting many of the last thirty-five years
2: of the. Royal I, 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 <laughs> so I want to like honorable mention shout out a couple of them, but.
0: Yeah, we'll do that. At the yeah, end. we'll throw out. We can each throw. They're out. They're not so. top seven. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right, Mike. You got back to back. Your last two picks. All right. Well, I'm going back to back. Back to back again. <laughs> you know how this works?
1: I'm gonna. Do, uh, I'm gonna join Danny with the "Some Girls" album. I'm gonna go with uh, the opening track, though. Miss you. Oh, um, um, consider Considered the the consider the Rolling Stones disco song (laughs) yeah (laughs) um but yeah i think this is you know i mean some girls for me is probably one of the albums one of the one of like the first like when i started collecting records one of the first rolling stones albums i ever bought but probably one of the last rolling stones albums i listened to once i bought several (laughs) of them um I, i mean the album cover is just so much fun but um but yeah i think as an album opener too it's just such a you know, I think that the Stones have a really good ability to put a great first track on an album as an album opener, um, and I think this song specifically is just yeah, it's it's a great it's a great album opener. It's got that, you know, I mean talking about pace and stuff like that. It's got a great pace to it, um, and uh, I love the Ver, the or electric piano on it and and all that stuff. So yeah, it's a it, it's a great song, and if I'm not mistaken. I'm out of time, so open it up to the
3: panel. Uh, I think the song is, is killer, killer, killer. Um, I love Mick Jagger's like spoken word in the uh in the middle of it. Uh, walk in Central Park. Um, Puerto Rican girls dying to meet you. All that great stuff. Um, I like the, the lyrics the lyrics of the song because how like um you know desperate and kind of you know that kind of vibe.
0: I like that. Yeah, I was hoping this was going to be here. I was really hoping to have this as my last pick.
1: Um, i Great bass line <laughs> with all the,
0: all the octaves. And I shout out to Ronnie Wood, who I think Mick Taylor was the best guitar player who was ever in Rolling Stones besides Keith Richards. But with Ronnie Wood in there, it's like he's basically a second Keith Richards. Like he's just a clone of Keith Richards. And the Rolling Stones style of all guitar players playing rhythm and lead intertwining – just works so well with Ronnie Wood because his his guitar style is so similar to Keith Richards, so you can't really tell who's playing what guitar wise. And yeah, this is a jam, man. I was I'm bummed this is not going to be there. <laughs> I'm
2: yep. really I'm really happy one. one of Jeff's picks got off off the board here. <laughs>
0: he, he didn't get a full seven. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> this this and Paint It Black were taken.
1: All really? right, so my. My last pick, really. Yes. Right. Last pick. Uh, I'm gonna go with the overall theme of what my uh, role has been in this podcast, and I'm gonna go with Midnight Rambler. <laughs> <laughs> you took mine, bro. You took
3: mine. Uh-huh.
1: Yeah, I'm coming gotcha. for your head. Um, yeah, I it, it was on it was on Let It Bleed. My favorite version of it, though, is probably the live version on Get Your Yayas Out. Like, I love I I love that because they do like a like a fun extended jam and the original version does not feature mick taylor whereas with get your yaya's out you have mick taylor giving you some solos and stuff so um yeah this one it's just it's fun i love the harmonica parts in it i just it's just it's one of those i think it's like another traveling kind of style tune you know what i mean it's kind of like rambling man and like that kind of vibe like it's just got this sort of like oh do you know
3: what this Do you know what the song is really about?
1: Yeah, it's about the Boston Star. okay. (laughs) (laughs) It's actually about a murderer, but, you know, I mean, again, kind of going back to, you know, what we were talking about earlier, which is just like, you know, it's just, it's a snapshot of history in a way, too. You know, it's kind of like this sort of social commentary where it's funny because it's kind of like this driving sort of like fun blues song, but underneath the surface, it's really got kind of like a dark, a dark topic about it, you know?
3: Yeah, I think this song works perfectly as, like, the, um, in the tradition of, like, the, the murder ballad kind of thing, <laughs> right? <Where laughs> that, that old tradition. Well, you,
0: it know, is a tradition, care. you know?
3: Yeah. It's, like, um, it's a modern, it was, like, a modern version of that where you would take, like, a, something, you know what I mean, and, like, tell a really, like, it's, I mean, Keith Richards describes it as a blues opera which I think is kind of cool. It's got, like, different parts about it. It's got the middle part where it slows down and then it creeps back up. Um, it tells, like, a pretty, you know, cool, crazy story. Um, that's not really a cool story, but, like, it tells a it, it tells a story in an interesting way. Um, so I, I dig this song. I think it's uh, one of the best things the Stones did. I think it's, like, one of the... It, you know, it describes them really well and uh, puts their twist on the blues... Um, yeah. I think it really cements their twist on the blues, like what they were all about. So Great I like your pick Mike. I like your pick. Oh, right. Harmonica. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oof. Jagger. Killing it. The, same same with Miss You, the last song too. The, great. The harmonica harmonica as they
2: Jaguar, they progress more into the, the future, more to our present, they it just gets so much more sloppy. So like to to go back yep. through and hear the good stuff and be like, Oh, this is why it's on these albums. <laughs>
3: Yeah, like uh, Mick Jagger was a great harmonica player, and then now it's kind of like just like um, almost like
2: yeah. a prop.
0: It's and a, it's like, a thing uh, that makes noise
2: now.
0: Mm-hmm. Missy was Sugar Blue though, and a lot of the heavy stuff was Sugar Blue. Oh really? So don't, Thank don't you. Don't for give that. Mick Jagger credit on a lot of that. Oh well,
3: that's that makes a lot more sense that. to me. <laughs> <laughs> I was gonna say, on uh, get your uh, get your yayas out. The harmonica on Midnight Rambler is pretty dope. So, I'm going I'm to give him that, but yeah. I will, uh, credit what credit's due. Thank you for that information.
0: Alright, Danny, your final pick.
2: Alright, I feel like the this pick should come as a shock to no one who's heard my other picks. It's going to be totally very similar, aside from Beast of Burden, but, uh, 2000 Man off of, uh, Their Satanic Majesty. Oh. Like, it's... Right on. It's such a just kind of comfortable feel like it, it again it's like a vibe song where like it just it's so gentle that like in, in the middle especially in the middle of that album where it just kind of does a lot and then this song is very minimal and it, it has like a slow build in the beginning like adding an instrument adding another instrument adding another instrument and then vocals and like it just kind of like brings you into it and like i it's and it's also at the end of uh bottle rocket which is so perfectly used and mm-hmm. of course I'm I have to end with another wes anderson <laughs> selection so <laughs> but yeah I love this song
3: oh I like how you picked your stuff on like movies and stuff cuz it's definitely different from like how I would experience them and so I like how you're like bringing that in I also love how you picked like a bunch of psychedelic stones cuz I feel like sometimes I'm the only one that likes satanic majesties yeah, I, I really so like I listen to, to it. It. like
2: I, I don't think i would ever listened to it before and like there's a handful of songs on here. Like your, your 2000 pick and my 2000 pick are two songs that I I've known for a while and, and really like, but like, I never really kind of put the pieces together in, in between those two songs on the album. And like, I I'm really glad that mm-hmm. I did this to get to do that now. Cause I'm definitely going to add that to my collection.
3: Yeah. I, I hope like if people listen to this too, they'll give it like another, like that period of the stones, another shot. Cause there's so much great stuff. And like, I've had conversations in record stores with, You know, people about like, hey, do you like the Stone side of that? And they're like, yeah, I do. But like, you know, it's, you know, kind of that like a hush. It's so weird because
2: like, I I think for them to be basically known as a hits band to most people to have an album where you're really not pulling a hit from, it feels like it's bad. But if you kind of separate yourself from that thought, the album is really solid.
3: Yeah, and it, it cr- creates at least for me like a really fun like rediscovery of something that people don't really know or appreciate. So it really kind of like it's almost like a secret treasure. Yeah, or for a band I to be so know.
2: popular and have stuff that's just kind of hidden in there is wild to me.
0: Yes, All right. very very awesome. All right, Luca, your last pick. All right,
3: I'm gonna go with a weird one. Um, so here we go. She's uh, not XL
0: Mainstream.
3: <laughs> ah no. No, oh, should I? Yeah, all right. I'm gonna go with this one. Uh, I'm gonna go Sweet Virginia on uh, XL Main Street. I think it's a great acoustic song. Like the Stones could really pull that off well. Um, I love my favorite part about the song is probably the Bobby Keys solo. It's so old school rock and roll. Um, like super old school rock and roll. That sax solo and the acoustic guitars are like so, you know, kind of bringing it on on the loop. It's got a great like hiccup. Kind of uh, thing to it. Um, I like the, the lyrics to um, You know, scrape that shit right off your shoe. Um, there's a lot of great, like you know, dirty references and stuff in it. But the, for me, it's really the Bobby Keys sax solo in here, and how the Stones could write an acoustic song that was just as killer as all their electric stuff. And um, this has a strong Grand Parsons vibe to it too. But um, I like the country mixed with the old-school rock and roll sax. That's why I chose this one. So, excellent May Street,
0: Street, Virginia. That's my pick. Good choice. Yeah, everything you said is first. what I like about the song. Yeah,
3: yeah just uh, it's a it's a complete vibe and uh, summertime for me too. Like windows down, I love it.
0: Word. All right,
3: my, All right. my final my pick.
0: The final pick of today's draft. It's the only song I like off of their Satanic Majesty's request. It is the most Beatlesy the Stones' ever gotten because it's kind of like a direct reply to the Sgt. Pepper sound of the Beatles at the time. Features Nicky Hopkins on piano and a young Paul- John Paul Jones from Led Zeppelin doing the string arrangements. It's song, She's a yeah, Rainbow. I, a rainbow. Uh, I heard the song first when it was used in the Apple iMac commercials <laughs> yeah. in the late yeah. 90s. That's a great intro. The heavily, heavily, heavily compressed piano notes, one at a time, kind of Baroque thing that starts off the song is just a great musical earworm. And I love how the strings are given room to breathe. The Mellotron is given room to breathe. It's very minimal. It ends up being like on the album version, it's like four and a half minutes long. But there's very little singing. There's probably a minute and a half total of singing. And uh I just think it's their most, like, whimsical and Beatles-y, and the Beatles, you know, are, in my opinion, my, the best band of all time. So, like, it's their nod to that, and I love this song.
1: Yeah, also shout-out to Brian Jones, because, like, even spanning the Brian Jones era with the Rolling Stones, uh, a fantastic multi-instrumentalist, too. You know, True. there's a lot of, like, when you look at, like, the personnel, like, the song credits and stuff like that, I mean, he's always playing multiple things. You know, I, the the two most common things I found was Keith Richards, Keith Richards kicking Bill Wyman off of bass guitar, <laughs> and uh, and Brian Jones coming in with just like sitar, mellotron, uh, just everything, congas, maracas, all that stuff. So uh, I think this is another good example of Brian Jones as the multi instrumentalist uh, hammering out on the mellotron too, which I mean we've talked about it on the podcast before, but mellotron is one of like I think the get in the garage most famous <laughs> instruments. <laughs> I like
0: how,
3: uh, I was like, yeah, there's probably only like really like three songs on Satanic Majesty's Request, and we picked all three of them, which I did (laughs) not think we were going to.
2: I I had on with the show also, but yeah, the three that I had were all taken.
3: I love that, guys. That's uh, that's super interesting how we how, kind of maybe like rediscovered that a little bit. Super cool.
1: I didn't cool. pick one from that album. There's a reason why. Uh,
0: we know that, Mike. How about how about this? We, let's do. Uh, why don't we all give some honorable mentions and then I'll read down the whole list. So, Mike, why don't you hit us with like two or three that weren't taken that you like?
1: Um, a song that I think is really really funny and a song that <laughs> that I, I didn't know when listening to a ginger Baker interview was referencing the term, excuse my language, the term star fucker, yeah. uh, the song star star off of goat's head soup. Uh, it's just really funny. Cause it's the whole idea of like, the the goofy or whatever you want to call it in the sort of, uh, uh, rock and roll band fan dynamic thing or whatever. Um, it's, Again. The but, hangers on. Yeah, it's, you know, it's the Stones being dirty and stuff, but it's just when he's yelling star fucker, it really kind of makes me chuckle, because you're like, my god, man, what the fuck is he doing? This?
3: That that cut is always great on a bootleg. Like, if you get that song in a bootleg, it's always killer in the set.
1: Yeah. All right. Um And Parachute Woman is another song off of Beggar's Banquet that I
3: Yeah, enjoy. I had that one, too, yeah.
0: How about you, yeah. Danny? What are some honorable
2: mentions? I, I'm going to Kind of breeze through a couple because I, I feel like like let it bleed and like shattered and like some of those bigger songs weren't taken and that kind of surprised me but like i i don't regret not having them so like i i get it but like i feel like there's a there's a definitely like add another person to the draft and those all go but then like uh blinded by rainbows was one on a voodoo lounge was one of the standouts of the the newer stuff but then, uh, let me down slow on a bigger bang, and I mean, bigger bang in general is a much more vibrant and like quality album than I expected it to be. I'm definitely
3: gonna have to go back and re- re-evaluate like it's not, that one. That it's not great.
2: That. It's it's very much like a kind of a by the books Stones like redoing their hits, but like it's it's fun. Like if, if I was just like driving around in the yeah. summer and wanted to have some like inconsequential music, it'd be that. It'd be The Stones, Mm. if all their lyrics sucked.
0: (laughs) Luke, how about some uh, leftovers for you?
3: Um, Under My Thumb, I think it's a great high point. Um, Lyrics not super great, but um, I like it. Um, Another song off Aftermath I really like with uh, other lyrics that are not great at all is uh, Stupid Girl. That song gets stuck in my head constantly. Um, But... Stuff like that and like you said um, Danny, like uh, uh, like Let It Bleed, like that song is absolutely killer but I would highlight stuff off of like Aftermath in that period like uh, Under My Thumb so I would just highlight the whole album Aftermath. You should listen to I forgot to one. Pretty great. One yeah.
2: that I'm actually kind of surprised and I do regret not having it but Waiting on a Friend from Tattoo You I think is a, a beautiful song. Oh.
0: Mm. Yeah I was going to say Under My Thumb it was between that and She's a Rainbow for my last pick. I love Brian Jones' Marimba on that song. And uh, but the other leftovers, start me up. Oh wow! Which is like the yeah. don't don't play on the jukebox song. Uh, it's just mm-hmm. crispy and it's beautiful production and great uh, harmonized vocals. And that's something that I think in general is missing a lot from the Rolling Stones, or why I may not like them so much because they don't do a lot of three part harmony like I like from the Beatles and other groups. Um, so start me up, and you know, overplayed. And it's a, it's a song I kind of love hate, but. Uh this latest listen I enjoyed more, You Can't Always Get What You Want which has the crazy choir stuff going on, it has a string section, it's like their version of Hey Jude, it is Jimmy Miller on drums, like I think this is one of the best Stones drum tracks, all those drum fills, and it's not Charlie Watts, it's Jimmy Miller so uh that's one that I was surprised wasn't taken, but yeah.
1: to speak to Start Me Up real yeah. quick, that's a song that I remember Luke and I having a conversation of being like this is a song that plays on the radio all yeah. the time and it always passes the radio DJ by by the very last part of the song where you know explicit warning ahead uh you make a dead yeah. man come yeah. it's like the, at the end of the song and you're like they play this on the radio all the time and like nobody yeah. even picks up on the fact that those are the last two lines It didn't of the start song, getting
2: censored like, like, until what? like 10 years ago yeah. and even then it's not all the time <laughs> No, I hear it constantly, yeah, yeah, and I feel then like every I'm time
1: like, "I hear it on classic radio." It's just like I, 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 like lean in at the end. I'm like, "Oh, are they gonna do it?" And you're like, "Yep, <laughs> there it is. Yep, they did." Do
0: it. All right, so the yeah. draft is completed. Here's here's all of our greatest hits EPs. We'll call them. Um, I'll read them down person by person. Mike, Street Fighting Man, Bitch, Connection, Do 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 Do, Heartbreaker, Happy, <laughs> Miss You, and. Midnight Rambler will do the live one from Get Your Ya yeah, Yas Out. Yeah. Danny, his choices: Play with Fire, Get Off My Cloud, Something Happened to Me Yesterday, Time Is on My Side, the U.S. Single Mix, Ruby Tuesday, Beast of Burden, and Two Thousand Man. Luke's choices: Moonlight Mile, Paint It Black, Let's Spend the Night Together. I Can't Get No Satisfaction, 2,000 Light Years From Home, Jumpin' Jack Flash, and Sweet Virginia. And then my choices, Gimme Shelter, Can't You Hear Me Knocking, Honky Tonk Women, Sympathy for the Devil, Brown Sugar, Monkey Man, and She's a Rainbow. Successful draft. Good
1: draft, guys. Good Good teams. After picking... After
3: picking my picks, uh, I'd have to say I side Yay, with Danny's picks
2: the
0: most. I like it. I do
2: it. like that, that not a <laughs> single song that like I explicitly don't like was taken. So like I could listen to all twenty eight of these or whatever and just be fine. Same. Yeah. yeah. So
0: yeah. what we learn what we learn from this everyone. guys? The the Stones have a lot of yeah. songs. The Stones have a lot of songs. songs. Um I I think I think
3: I learned by myself that I was uh, more tired of listening to the bigger hits than I thought I was, and really enjoyed the deeper cuts more.
0: And I felt the opposite. So. I could listen to those big hits on repeat all day long. <laughs> just, just, just give just you that, give that copy me of fucking Hot a cowbell, a cowbell, a, a cigarette hanging from my mouth.
1: <laughs> <Ooh>. <laughs> It's <laughs> some Jack Daniel's yeah, I, I found
2: myself going through and like yeah i wasn't explicitly looking for the ones that i know from movies but those are the ones that like when i heard yeah. them i was like how could i not include this because like it brought out so right. it like evoked so much they like the song is good but also i have mm-hmm. all these images running through my head now so like how could i pick a different song
0: yeah
1: yeah yeah for me the stones like i said earlier I feel like sometimes brings out the demons. Uh, <laughs> so I have to tread lightly when I listen to the Rolling Stones. Because <laughs> I'm a responsible homeowner now, and I can't be doing all that sort of stuff. But no, uh, in all seriousness, I mean, I-, I love the Stones. They're, you know, wh- personal opinion. The greatest band of all time <coughs> is the Beatles. The greatest rock and roll band of all time is the Rolling Stones. Like, that's, in my mind, that's just the way it is. I love the parallel universe version of the Beatles that is the Rolling Stones. Uh, and uh, and yeah, I mean, I love the Stones. Long live the Rolling Stones. Also, real quick fun fact, the, the tongue sticking out logo that was first introduced, I think with Sticky Fingers as like their record label is supposed to be the tongue sticking out of the Hindu goddess Kali. So oh, wow. fun, fun fact there. Thank you, Michael. Greatest rock and roll band of all time. Greatest rock and roll band of all time. I wore my Hanuman shirt to honor the, uh,
0: (laughs) Danny, thanks for being a guest. Uh, it was really fun to have you on here and talk some music with you. Can you tell us a little bit about what you got going on in the podcast world on your side? Yeah, I got a
2: Feel feelings comes out every Monday, which used to be Friday. So if anybody out there is a listener, it's on Mondays now. So look for that. Um, we have a couple actually big music guests coming up, which I'm I'm really excited. We had one already that that happened. We had Bob Nana from Braid and Hey Mercedes and all that kind of early two thousands emo world. And then we have another one coming up that cool. it'll be out in like two weeks. So I'm not gonna say who it is, but we're we're starting to get like cooler, bigger guests that it, like I'm like thrilled to talk to. No no offense to all my friends.
0: <laughs> but <laughs> yeah, there's
2: that and then uh uh, nice. Rank bank, where we pick a topic and rank it. We we do a top ten on the show. That's coming back. It just came back, I guess, last week, and then the first real episode will be out as to today, actually, as we're recording. So there, there should be a full, a full, oh, cool. real season two episode out by the time people hear this.
1: Nice. I would like to say I listened to the Pixar oh, yeah? episodes of the Ooh. Rank Bank and all I gotta say is, is how dare you guys Cars rank th- Cars 3 over Cars 3. Cars 3 <laughs> is, Cars 1 is the a good movie. Damage. Cars <laughs> is not. <laughs> to be fair, I watched Cars 3 last night with my son because mm. he is a fan of the Cars universe and Cars 3, yeah, I mean it, they, is, it, they, it's they
2: really found a fun. way get, to make a quality it, movie in a universe that I don't like so I gave him a lot of points for that. <laughs>
0: The, i think the cars <laughs> ones are the only pixar ones i haven't
2: seen yeah i i re-
1: i recommend oh. it i, Plus, I recommend so to it out. do it
2: all in a day and then you'll be done with it forever
1: <laughs> <laughs> also monsters university was ranked pretty low you know you just I, I kind of agree with that one, one yeah
2: I, I had that kind of in the middle but i think it did fall pretty low <laughs> in the overall yeah <laughs>
1: yeah that was fun though i i really like that podcast that you have man because it's cool because because we kind of have a similar dynamic too where like you know we do a lot of rankings and stuff and it's always fun when you hear people like disagree on stuff but it's 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 disagreeing yeah, in like a yeah. genuine friendly way you know what but, i mean and i found that was yeah nice so far
2: i think i'm the, the only person who's taken anything fun. personally on that show and that's fine i'm i'm the host i get to. <laughs>
0: He's like, I love Toy Story 2. He's crying.
1: It's Toy Story 2 is the worst.
2: I, 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 I haven't I seen the fourth one, but the second one's the worst. Crunch, which I kind of regret now based on all the viral sensation of the last week. But <laughs> Oh,
0: Cinnamon <Yeah>. Toast Shrimp. <laughs> cool, man. Right thanks on, for coming. Yeah, thanks well, for having me. Yeah,
3: thanks. Yeah. thank Come you. On, oh, absolutely. Uh, we'll I have to am, do this I again with the kids. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I feel. So... All right. So yeah, maybe,
0: we'll yeah, maybe later this year. I really love that. Long live the Rolling oh, Stones. Oh, that
3: sounds awesome.
1: <laughs> Long live the Rolling Stones. Anyway, off, everyone. Thanks for joining us once again, and we will see you next time on Get in the Garage. Take care.
0: This has been a presentation from the Wasted Robot Network. For more information and links to other shows please visit www.wastedrobotrecords.com/podcasts